Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing, Exodus chapter 1, starting with verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other Puah. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, you shall abort him. But if it is a daughter, let her live. But the midwives feared God and would not perform the abortion, did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you not done this thing? Here you have saved the male children alive. And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are lively and they give birth. The baby's born before I'm there in time to kill it. I couldn't perform the abortion because the baby was already born before we arrived. Therefore, God dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew mighty. So it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river. Every daughter shall be saved alive. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. This is the first recorded instance of mass genocide using partial birth abortion. We know it's partial birth abortion because Pharaoh gave them a commandment to kill the child while... It was still in the birth canal. And the excuse that the women used is that the baby was already born. And so there was some law that perhaps protected them from having to take the life of a child that was already born. So they would say the child was already born so I couldn't kill the child in the birth canal. I could not perform this partial birth abortion. And the Bible says that they did not perform this abortion because they feared God. I have found the more you fear God, the more value you place on life. These women feared God and they refused to perform the cultural demands of the abortion. Now I want you to note that the king didn't stop with his command to abort the child. The king went on further and said, since you won't abort the babies, I'll just change the law and we'll just start murdering children. Mark this down. The spirit of abortion is the spirit of murder. And eventually you'll understand one thing. The devil is not trying to grant freedom and he's not trying to expand rights for women. What he's trying to do is kill the next generation. And I'm not sure how much Bible you need for you to realize that the Word of God is in opposition to the genocide of the unborn. But the cultural pressure placed on nations and people 
to align themselves with the spirit of abortion should at least give you pause as you try and figure out why is everyone so manipulative. Chile took a law and said we're not going to have abortion in our country and the United Nations and other nations around the world started putting economic pressure on them so that they would change their laws. And I thought to myself, if you're so pro-choice, why can't Chile make their own choice? Because it's not about you being pro-choice. It's about the devil trying to murder the next generation. And the Bible says that they feared God so they would not perform this abortion. And the Bible goes further. The Bible tells you the names of these two slaves. These women who were controlled by the orders of the king had their name included along with the very verses that introduce Moses, the greatest leader in Israeli history. These two women had their name included as a memorial and honor to their courage to stand up to the culture. Women, listen to me. We need a righteous rebel among you. There's a lot of pressure on women that if you're going to be a woman that's going to live in America, you have to vote this way. You have to believe this way. You have to say it this way. And if you're not going to believe it the way we believe it, you're just not cool like all of the educated elites at this place. You're not going to blend in with the media of this culture. There needs to be a midwife somewhere that says, I don't give a happy holy rip what the world says. I don't answer to the world. I answer to the word. I'm afraid of God. I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to protect what God creates. I can't take what I can't give. I can't give life. I'm not going to take life. That baby belongs to God. Not only did God include their name as a memorial, the Bible also says that he gave them houses or households, which means these women became property owners. God liberated these women. The first recorded instance of women being liberated is right here in Exodus chapter 1. Mark this down and remember it always. The first women's liberation movement was a pro-life movement. If you want women to be liberated, it's not on the other side of bowing down to the gods of this world. When you bow down your knee to the God of heaven, God will liberate you and bless you and anoint you. If you want freedom, it comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. So much pressure. When Jesus was born, they murdered children. When I preached from this passage to youth camp this week and I felt inclined to share with you the thoughts that God placed on my heart for the North Georgia youth camp, it occurred to me that Satan hates this generation. Hell hates this generation more than any other generation, in my opinion, in history. There has never been a generation more targeted by the breakdown of the family, by the assault of pornography, and by the sheer genocide of abortion. So many of these children have lost their lives, have lost their families, have lost their minds because of the assault that's going on against this generation. 
Hell hates them. Hell has unleashed weapons that have made a profound impact on their very existence. They've been aborted in more ways than one. They've not only been aborted physically, losing them to death itself, they've been aborted mentally. The Bible says that when you have a culture that bows down to the God of pornography, arts and entertainment, Paul said this in the book of Romans. He said, when you bow down to arts and entertainment and begin to worship the image of your bodies, pornography, that I turn that culture over to a reprobate mind. And what's ended up happening in the American culture is we have worked so hard to make a God out of the human form. We have worked so hard to make pornography mainstream. We've worked so hard to convince women not to wear clothes, to wear things that are inappropriate, to convince men that they don't have to control their appetites, to break down the family. We have worked so hard to bow down to these idols out of Hollywood that can't build anything, they can't drive anything, they don't know how to run a company, and yet we worship people that have no talent. We, we send our heroes from the battlefield home in shame. We, we hurl stones and rocks at our police officers. We tear down those that have authority in our life and we lift up emptiness. We lift up entertainment. We lift up pornography. And God has turned our country over to a reprobate mind to the point that we start calling evil good and good evil. To the point that you make a virtue out of what's described as sin in the Word of God. And these children are having to grow up. I read an article just yesterday that a teacher was disciplined because she was teaching serious sexual behavior to first graders. We have all of these accounts where people are having to take their kids out of school because of the amount of influence being levied against those children to embrace their sexuality. Let me tell you something about a 12-year-old. They should not be allowed to make permanent life choices at 12 years old. But giving them the right to mutilate their body in alliance with what they perceive as their sexual identity without parental permission is barbarism. At 12 years old, these kids can't figure out whether or not they're in love with their own parents. The hormones that have attacked their body and their mind have given them such great confusion. And when you come in as an educator or as a teacher or as a person of influence in their life, and all of a sudden you try and say, well, what your problem is is that you're gay. Or what your problem is is you're, you're not really a, a gender specific. You, you have transgenderism. You have There's so many genders now, you can just pick from this buffet. And you've created chaos and... And confusion. There has to be a church at some point to say, this is a man and this is a woman. And when you're raised in the house of God, you aim that way. Don't let the devil confuse you when you're in adolescence because your hormones will lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you. But the word of God will never lie to you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will not pass away. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And there has to be a church that raises babies that doesn't allow the devil to abort them mentally am I right about it not only they've been aborted physically and mentally they've been aborted spiritually 
I love it when young people say, well, I'm just not going to be. I'm going to be a free thinker. I'm not going to be like religious people. I'm going to believe in all of these things now. Well, you're not a free thinker. You just agree with everybody. How original can you be when you just say yes to the whole world? Yes, I believe in this. Yes, I believe in that. Well, I don't want to stand with that traditional church. Name one. There's not but five of us left. Standing against me is not going to make you a rebel. There's not enough of us. You want to be a righteous rebel? Be a Christian. Oppose the culture. Be like these women and tell the king, no, I'm not going to obey what you say. I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to raise up this standard of life inside of me, and I'm going to start a riot. I'm tired of the devil burning down the cities and the devil putting graffiti all over the walls. I think it's time that God used the power of the Holy Ghost to ignite us with the fires of Pentecost, to burn down the cities with a revival riot in the name of Jesus because we raise up generations of righteous rebels. Agreeing with the world does not make you creative. It does not make you intelligent. It makes you a sellout. A cheap compromise because you don't have the ability to be an original thinker. You want to be an original thinker? Align yourself with God who created all that you see. I'm not going to blend in. We've aborted these babies every way they can be aborted. So many churches, if you read the Bible, it's almost like you offend people. Start reading the Word of God and they'll find a new pastor. Somebody who will sing a song that tickles their ears and makes them feel better. They don't want to hear the Word of God. Pastor, the Word of God brings such peace to my heart. It does me too after a bit of... Terror. There was someone trying to explain to me, you know, the book of Revelations was never meant to scare people. It was meant to bring peace to your heart. I listened to him talk for about 10 minutes, and I was like, you know, truthfully, I've read Revelation. It scares the bejeepers out of me. I don't... I can find peace somewhere in all of that. The Bible is holy. He's a dangerous God. I don't want to go to hell. But these babies, they've been aborted. They've been targeted. We've got school systems aimed at them. We've got parents with unrestricted access to the Internet putting phones in their hand and them texting one another things that ought not be texted and burning up the Snapchats when they're over with and making sure that they can look at this and look at that. And I don't fault you. I fault the accountability that's not been granted to you. Turning them loose with access to pornography means your kid is hooked on pornography. It doesn't matter how righteous they are. They can't handle that kind of temptation. It takes you. And if you don't know how to get ahead of that technology, then bust it up and don't have it in your house. Somebody give me a witness. You can live without a cell phone. You can live without a computer. Anybody remember 
having to wait until they got home to make the phone call. It was all right then. Listen to me. You don't have to have everything the devil throws at you. The devil's after this generation. Hates them. Eradicating the word. Before I get too far with his hatred for this generation and why I think he hates them, I got to make sure we agree. I don't want to make you shout and excited that we've got a great generation coming up. If you don't agree, how can two walk together unless they agree? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Darkness was over the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Do you believe that Noah heard a command from God, made his way to an ark, God rescued humanity and the animals of this earth by the preservation of his extended mercy. And after that rain descended and receded, and those mountains were exposed one more time, Noah came off that ark, extended a hand toward the rainbow of the skies, and said, thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. Do you believe that he thundered from Mount Sinai and wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger in a rock? Do you believe that Moses came off the mountain and they could not look at him because his face was glowing from the glory of the Lord? Do you believe that Moses lift up, lifted up a rod in the wilderness and parted the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground? Do you believe that God led them as a fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day? Do you believe that Joshua brought up another generation that made its way to the banks of the Jordan River and the same God that parted the Red Sea is the same God that parted the Jordan River and when the priest walked up to the banks of that river with the Ark of the Covenant saying for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and they sounded a trumpet and an angel began to hover over the waters and God parted the Jordan River left and right and they walked across on dry ground. Do you believe they had trumpets and a shout when they marched around the walls of Jericho until the enemy's walls came tumbling down? Do you believe that Gideon stood on the mountaintop with a trumpet and a candle and cried out for the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and God brought about a great victory? Do you believe that there was a young shepherd boy with a pocket full of rocks that ran out onto a battlefield and knocked the giant's head off? Do you believe that Daniel Daniel went down in a lion's den, but the lion could not take his life. Do you believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, but there was a fourth man in the fire likened unto the Son of God? Do you believe that Elijah thundered from Mount Carmel and God answered by fire and consumed the sacrifice? Do you believe that angels confronted those shepherds abiding in fields by night when they said, Behold, we bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to you and all people and they found a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger do you believe that he walked on water do you believe that he raised the dead do you believe that he opened up the blinded eye 
Do you believe that he healed the lame man and he was able to dance one more time? Do you believe that he preached the gospel to the poor? Do you believe that he multiplied the bread and the fish and fed 5,000 hungry souls? Do you believe God came to this earth? Do you believe that he picked up your cross? Struggled up Galgotha's brow? spread his arms out on Calvary cried out Father forgive them for they know not what they do do you believe that he gave his life for you he did not pretend to die he did not faint he did not swoon he did not fake his death no they pierced his body with a sword and spear blood and water flowed nails in his hands stripped of his skin on his back he breathed his last but do you believe that when he died he descended down into the lower parts of hell and he preached the liberty to those that were bound and he set at liberty the captives oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory early one Sunday morning that stone was rolled out from in front of that tomb and he walked out victorious carrying keys to death hell and the grave do you believe they were all in one mind and in one accord in the upper room when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire sat down on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost do you believe that he wrote your name down in the Lamb's book of life? Do you believe that he washed your sins away by the power of his blood? Is there somebody here that says, I've been healed by the power of God. I've been delivered by the power of God. I believe that God touched me in my life. Oh, do you believe that one day a trumpet's going to sound and there's going to be a shout of an angel and the dead in Christ are going to rise and those that are alive and remain shall be called up to meet him in the air. There's going to be a great getting up morning somebody shout I believe I believe hallelujah hallelujah I want you to stand with me all over this house we believe this and for whatever reason hell hates our children he hates what is going on in their life he hates that they have breath in their bodies. He hates that they're in a church. He hates that they've given their hearts to God. They, they, he hates them with, with every breath he takes. It seems as if there's more hatred hurled against this modern generation. I told them at the youth camp, I said, you know, I, I think he hates you because he's terrified. I think he knows his time is short. I think he knows that it's just a matter of, of moments before his time runs out. And I believe that, I believe he, he hates them because of that. But more than that, I, I believe he hates them. Not all of them. I mean, truthfully, I've, I've watched you worship. It's good, but not that good. I mean, you shout. It's loud, but it's not, it's not that loud. I don't, I don't know that he, he hates all of them or he's terrified of all of them. I think he's scared of two of them. I think the devil knows that if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. I think the devil knows... That if any two will agree as touching anything, we can ask what we will and it shall be done.
I think the devil knows that where two or three are gathered together in my name that I am there in the midst of them. And I want you to know something. If you brought your babies to this church, we take it serious. Hell hates them. We believe he hates them more than any generation that's ever lived. But we believe that we can love them with a love that breaks the bondage of hell. Now I need everybody in this sanctuary who's, who's 18 years of age or younger to come stand behind them right now. Come on. I want you to come down here. 18 years of age or younger, come stand behind these children. I think he's, he's terrified that two of you are going to get on fire with the power of God. That two of you are going to ignite with the power of the Holy Spirit. That somehow there's going to be a difference in your life. And the Holy Ghost is going to come down. You know what I want? I want a righteous rebel among you. I want a revival riot. I want one of you to make up your mind. I don't give a happy holy rib what the devil says. I'm going to be what God called me to be. I'm going to live like God called me to live. Now, church, I want you to lift your voices for a moment. We're going to ask God to anoint this next generation. Young people, if you feel comfortable with me, I want you to close your eyes. I don't want you looking around. I want you to lift your hands right now all over in this altar, all of you. Just lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. There you go. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anointing and favor and glory and honor to rest on them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your glory overshadow them. Let your face shine on them. Let Give them peace. In this church, we're not going to let him confuse them. We're going to preach the word of God. This is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to be a child of God. But I bless your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Give you peace. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May the Lord give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.